locked us away. I think somebody blew it somewhere along the line is what happened. But man, thank you. Whoever was behind all of this had, I promise you, I had no clue. I am swept off of my feet today. Thank you. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Pastor Staff. Um, to whoever who had a part in all of this, thank you so very much. Our media staff for putting these things together means so very much. Um, there was a mantle placed on my shoulders this morning through all of this. We'll talk about that at another time. But I thank you for not only loving Sister Murphy and I, but I thank you for your approval and your acceptance. Our children and your presentation, thank you. It means everything to me. Luke, I need to see you after church, son. I'm going to teach you how to say something, man, just something, anything. You sure don't take after your mom, do you? Not in that case. She quickly pointed and said he takes after his dad. So, But uh, what a wonderful, wonderful. I'm just relishing the moment here. Thank you so very much. What a day. A wonderful day. I want to read today from Job chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. And uh, while... You're preparing for that. We had planned today to bring to you the needs of our, one of the awesome needs of our community. As all of you know, we try to be a very community-minded church. We host the citywide Memorial Day service. We host the citywide Veterans Day service. Uh, we feed the staff at Central Middle School. It's about 75 to 80 people. We feed them lunch during the school year once a month. Uh, we try, we're trying very hard to impact our community. Last year, we prepared 15 back, backpacks, uh, school backpacks for those going back to school. And uh, uh, we also prepared 15 backpacks for our home missionaries around the country. And uh, this year, we wanted up it to 20, that 20 would stay right here in Central and 20 would go to our home missions uh, kids. Uh, home mission, the, the children of home, our home missionaries, and uh, we had planned to take up that offering today, and uh, but because of the length of the preliminaries and what have you, we decided to postpone that. I will tell you, we will need about five thousand dollars to make this happen, and uh, so in the next couple of Sundays, we'll reschedule this. We'll let you know. Uh, probably will not be next Sunday, but perhaps the following Sunday, uh, we can bring this in. As a matter of fact, we stepped out in faith, and Sister Christie has already purchased the backpacks. And uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful time. Last year, we spent about $500 for little children's underwear, uh, boys and girls. We found out in Central that there's kids in Central that goes to school, uh, and they don't even have that provision. So we want to make an impact in our community, and uh, there's many other things that we're doing. Uh, uh, our latest department is Give. One of our latest department is Give. We had a group that went and worked the food bank. We got a very nice thank you letter from them. We'll be sharing with you in a Sunday or two. But, uh, but if those of you that came prepared to give today, if you'll just set that aside, we'll come back to it in another couple of Sundays for our backpacks. Thank you so very much for that. Job chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. This is not a Father's Day message, even though it is incredibly applicable. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto him, Satan, whence comest thou? 
Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. The Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and excuseth or hateth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou, hast not thou made, hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning, and we're going to be aware of the time. I know you have lunch plans and what have you for this splendid day. But I want to speak to you for a little while this morning on a God-made hedge. A God-made hedge. Everyone say thank the Lord for His Word. God bless you. You may be seated. And when you're seated, let's give the Lord another hand praise. I want to ask you a question today. And uh, I'll not spend a lot of time with introductory remarks. I'll just go right to uh, the message that I'm so passionate about this morning. But are we aware of the times that God gives us a hedge and or when He takes it away? How many of us today, without a show of hands, really realize that for the past number of years, you and your family has lived encompassed with a God-made hedge. Have you ever considered that God at some point took that hedge away? In the passage of Scripture that I just read, you'll notice that God had this dialogue with the devil and Job was completely in the dark as this dialogue or conversation was transpiring. Job had no idea that he and his family were about to become a divine experiment. I'm not sure, as a matter of fact, that Job was even aware that there was a God-made hedge around him to start with, I think sometimes there's a lot of blessing. There's a canopy of blessing that you and I live under every single day and we're not always cognizant of the fact that it's even there. But I'll tell you what, we do sometimes realize when it's taken away. 
I find it interesting in this dialogue of Scripture that all of this was going on between God and Satan behind Job's back or over his head, whichever way you prefer to say it. And God gave Job no warning. He gave him no clue. He did not intimate to Job in any way, shape, or form that that hedge was about to be removed and that God was going to allow Job to become vulnerable to anything and everything short of death that the devil could throw at him. Now I realize that Job, according to most commentators, lived around the time of Adam. But I want you to fast forward from that time till now. And what would you do? What will you do if on any given day in the very near future that canopy of blessing and that hedge or wall of protection that God has around us is for whatever reason taken away and God tells the devil, he or she is all yours, have at it. I want to go further today in my questioning. Is it possible here today that there are people in this building that is living without your God-made hedge. You don't understand why there's so much tumult going on in your life. You don't understand why your world has seemingly fallen apart. Could it be that God brought your name up here recently to the devil? and said, have you considered brother or sister so-and-so? <clears throat> and the devil says, yes, <clears throat> I've thought about those people. And I can promise you, God, that they're only living for you because of what they get out of it. They really don't love you. They just really enjoy the blessing that living for you provides. So God says, okay, I'm going to take my hedge away and you do to them whatever it is that you want to do. It's fine with me. Short of literally killing them, you do with them whatever you want. You have your way with them. It doesn't matter to me. And we're just going to see what their motives in living for me really are. So I want to ask you again today, is it possible that there are some people scattered throughout this building that God has taken away your hedge? And that's where you are today. What is a hedge, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. A, a hedge is and means to literally entwine. It's to be shut in. It's to be closed in. It means to be protected. It means the things on the outside are at a restraint. 
Outside forces are restrained. It's a fence. It's to make a fence. It's to hedge or to hedge up. So you'll notice with me today and you'll recall in your study of Scripture that for many years, Job lived behind God's protective hedge in unrivaled prosperity. If you'll excuse my expression and to kind of jar you just a little bit, Job was blessed out of the wazoo, whatever that is. God's hedge served as a wall to protect Job against Satan and all of the wicked and evil things that could come to him, that could happen to him, that could even happen to his family. And God even took the the hedge to another level. His possessions was protected. Everything Job was and represented from everything he possessed. His bank account was under the protection of that hedge. So God was like a wealthy landowner, if you will, who had a beloved vineyard, and he built a rocky hedge or wall or barrier, a fence, if you will, around it to keep out any wild beast or predators, nothing was going to harm or come against that vineyard. This is what God provided for Job. Everything he did was blessed. Everything that he did was positive. Everything that he did, God sanctioned. His kids was blessed. His possessions was blessed. His animals were blessed. Everything inside that hedge that had to do with Job was blessed. Nothing, nothing could enter into Job's vineyard, if you will. Nothing could come inside that hedge unless it served only to Job's good purpose. What a place to live. Is there anybody here today that would like to get his old address? We're moving tomorrow. Everything the man did. In the same way God's hedge around Job was to keep Satan, evil men, evil things from touching him or his possessions. God's hedge around Job also provided security so that he could prosper. There was never a bad economy in Job's world. Inside this hedge, the work of Job's hands prospered until finally he came to enjoy the reputation of being the greatest man in all the east, the Bible said in Job chapter 1 verse 3. Satan along with Job's enemies, however, waited for their opportunity to get inside this hedge to work their will 
against him. And so when the day came and Satan came before the king of heaven, he tried to slander God's motivations toward Job and also Job's motivation and sentiment towards God. He accused God of blessing the righteous so they would glorify him. In other words, the devil is accusing God himself of saying and doing that if you bless enough people, yeah, they'll glorify you only because you're blessing them. But you take away the blessing and they will cease to glorify you. It's a pretty strong accusation to make against God. He accused God of blessing the righteous so they would glorify Him. So between God and Satan's dialogue that day, we come to learn that Satan essentially wagered this. You take away everything that Job has. Let me rephrase that. You take away everything that Job considers to be a blessing from you and he will curse you to your face. I want to say today, and I believe the world has been in existence long enough, and I dare say at least to some degree that I've lived long enough to kind of see and rub shoulders with people that I would consider a modern day Job. I've known of people, I know of people that for no good reason the bottom falls out. Everything that was so right is all of a sudden so wrong. Family falls apart. The job falls apart. Everything begins to turn negative and Everything begins to turn sour and there's no reason. These people can never turn around and point a finger back at a a specific point in time and say, this is why my world is currently falling apart. As a matter of fact, I've seen this happen to people when they seem to be at a spiritual peak. They've never had a greater relationship with God. They've never sacrificed more. They've never given more. They've never done more. They've never worked harder than they are right now. And all of a sudden the world falls apart. Could it be that there's a conversation that went on between the devil and God about you? And the devil said, they only worship you because of your blessing. And if you take your blessing off of their life, They'll curse you to your face. I'm glad that I can stand behind this sacred desk today and trumpet with everything in me. I've known more than one person that seemed to be stripped of everything they had and everything they are, and they still walk through those doors and they lift up holy hands and say, God, I love you anyway. And I want to tell all of you empathizers, Until you have ever been flat on your back 
staring up at the question, what, when, how, and how did all of this happen? And you're flat on your back, and life as you know it is snatched away, and things are all turned around, and it's nothing but darkness and gloom ahead of you. Until you've been there, you don't know what you're talking about. But for those that have experienced that seeming day of reckoning with no reason, no explanation, and no warning, but you still faithfully come to the house of God and worship, Worship with a pure heart and a pure spirit. May I say unto you, God bless you, man, because you just proved one more time that the devil is a liar and the father of lies and he has no idea about you and your relationship with God and how deep it really flows and what it's really worth and what it really means. Come on, Job. You can do this. You can get through this. God knows where you are. Hallelujah to God. So Satan wagered. He wagered. You take away all that God has or that Job has and he'll curse you to his face. Unthreatened by this challenge. Unthreatened by this challenge. God took away the hedge. Gave the devil permission to strike Job's possessions, all of his possessions, but he could not touch his life. God temporarily opened the gate to Job's hedge to permit Satan to work his will. It's it's God's prerogative. It's God's prerogative to open and close the hedge that protects and blesses the righteous. Everyone in this building must understand that point. It has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with God and wanting to showcase your love for Him in the face of the devil. It didn't mean you sin. It didn't mean you failed. It doesn't mean that God is mad. He just wants to prove a point. Dwelling inside ancient stone hedges that surrounded vineyards were sometimes poisonous serpents. That's another subject for another time. But sometimes things can get inside of our hedge that we allow in. It can be attitude. It can be sin. That's another sermon for another time. I'm going to ask you to stay with me in the context of what I'm preaching this morning. Let me introduce to you Job with a hedge. Let me introduce you to Job with a God-made hedge. In Job chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and hated evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. He had ten kids. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses, and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. 
and his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so that when the days of their feasting were gone about, the Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It might be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. This is Job in a hedge, living in a God-made hedge. The Bible gives the appearance that Job is one big happy family. It shows Job is a happy man, a wealthy man, a man that loves God with everything going his way. There are here today families that can relate to Job. It seems like that we're blessed in more ways than we can number. But what we don't know and what Job didn't know was that there was some dialogue going on between God and the devil about him and God gave the devil full access to Job. Only spare his life. Don't kill him. Don't let your good friend death touch him. Anything else you want to do to Job is up to you. And God was so confident in how much Job loved him and how much Job believed in him and Job's ability to stand on his convictions no matter what that Job would still do the right thing even without his hedge does God have that kind of confidence today in you how long would you last in your relationship with God today if God took away your hedge. There's people in this community, they're all over our parish and neighboring parishes, that seemingly God took away their hedge and they didn't make it. They get bitter against God, that God allowed things to happen in my life that I wasn't worthy of, I didn't ask for. I don't appreciate it. I don't know why God is taking these things out on me. Let me remind you again that Job, it is believed, lived around the time of Adam. God, I believe, wanted to set precedent early on in the existence of mankind that I will forever prove to the devil, regardless of what you did to Adam and Eve, regardless of what happened in the Garden of Eden, I'm going to prove to you, devil, that with or without blessing, even with you in this earth, creating every kind of sin and temptation imaginable, there is still going to be a people that loves me whether I bless them or not. The church, as far as I'm concerned, has become God's greatest conduit to prove this very point, beginning shortly after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. The church began to be persecuted. Could it be? 
Could it be that God was wanting to showcase a group of people whose hearts and lives were, have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and you can feed them to lions and burn them at the stake? It doesn't matter. Their last dying breath will say, I love you, Jesus, and I can't wait to be in heaven with you. I want to encourage somebody here today that feels like you've been to hell and back and there's no reason and there's no explanation. I want to tell you today, God still knows right where you are. And if you hang on, baby, God is going to come through on your behalf. Oh, yes, he will. Clap your hands to the Lord this morning. So could it be that God is really blessing someone right now to build up your confidence in Him, preparing you for the inevitable? For if God ever takes away your hedge, He'll only take it away with certain parameters, and He will not put more on you than you can bear. <laughs> Adam and Eve lived with a hedge when they were together. <coughs> God tried them one day to see what they were made of as individual people. And the Bible said while Eve went off one way and Adam was somewhere else, she was tempted and she didn't make it. Noah had his hedge while building the ark, but had it taken away after the judgment of the flood. <clears throat> the Bible said he became an earth man or carnal. He got drunk and destroyed the future of one of his sons. <coughs> Couldn't make it without his hedge. Abraham went to Egypt without his hedge and failed. Moses killed an Egyptian without his hedge. And now we come to David with his hedge. He killed a lion and a bear and a giant, but without his hedge, he committed adultery and murder. Do you know today whether or not you still have your hedge? Your success in living for God is not measured by the quantity nor quality of your hedge. Your relationship with God is measured when that hedge is taken away. In Job's case, God lifted it so he could show the devil that it is possible for man to live for God without a hedge. I also believe that our hedge, as I commented a moment ago, can be lifted by our attitude and by our actions, carnality can take it away. Sin can take it away. But as long as your relationship with God is pure, He'll never let you go where you can't return from. So, it's possible. Listen to Pastor this morning. It is possible. Through the conduit of a God-made hedge that we arrived at a place of self-made security, that we're living a happy life with a happy family with plenty of money and having all of our future planned out all the way through retirement. Even, even some have even made their own plans for their own funeral. What we want sung and who we want to preach and what we want them to preach. I just hope they can be honest about all that when that time comes and that you're not evangelistic in your own eulogy. 
That's a little bit of humor. Never mind. You're saving your smiles for later. But all the while we think, and we've developed an attitude and a posture in our modern day church environment that we can live without a God-made hedge. I have enough money. I have enough intelligence. I have enough experience. I've got all these things around me. I want to tell you that it fell on a day in Job's life when one servant came in right after another until there was no more servants that said, all your kids are gone. All of your animals are gone. All of your barns are gone. All of your stockpile of food is gone. Job came to this conclusion, the Lord giveth. The Bible did not say, and I want to clarify, and I want everybody to listen with both ears. Job did not just possess what the Lord gave him. There was a lot of things that Job possessed that was the result of the work of his own hand, and the Bible is clear about that. So when the Lord gives, he can give to you through his hand, or he can enable and empower you to give to yourself through your own hands. But when that day comes that Job experienced, God just don't take away what he gave you. We need to understand that. A lot of people think that way. Not only does God take away, can take away, just to prove you still love him, that's the only point. Not only can he take away what he's blessed you with, but he can take away what he's allowed you to bless yourself with. So don't get too overconfident in your future. We still need Jesus. We still need Jesus. And look, I'm, I'm the typical preacher, man. I can stand up here for hours and tell stories, true stories, documented stories. I can tell you about a young family that Sister Murphy and I knew that worked at what was Jackson College of Ministries. Uh, he just went out one day in his yard to cut a little tree down. The thing fell on him and killed him. I know a bunch of those kind of stories. No one is guaranteed tomorrow. And no one is guaranteed the next beat of your heart and your next breath. No one is guaranteed these things. And even when God takes away the hedge and the enemy comes in like a flood, God still is not going to let you go down. It's interesting to me that the first two chapters of Job tell the story. The rest of the book of Job is how he dealt with it. And there's people sitting here this morning that have attitudes and bents of betrayal and that God let me down and that God hasn't been fair and that God hasn't been just. It has nothing to do with that. You're totally misreading. There's things that you've gone through and there's things that you've experienced only to say one thing and to say one thing only is that I love Jesus whether he is blessing me or not. So Job's trial is an everlasting reminder of what can happen to a man without a hedge. For Job, the possessions was the first to go. Listen to the progression. What he possessed was the first to go and he was still making it. Then the kids, 
In his case, they were all killed by tragic events, but to some of us, sometimes our kids can do things that's really disappointing and betraying, and they really let us down. Then Job lost his health. The Bible said he was covered in balls from head to foot. And then finally, and this is the most difficult part to me, is his wife turned in on him and finally tried to persuade him, why don't you just curse God and die? And Job looked her in the eye and said, you speak just, I'm going to put it in Glenn Murphy commentary, are you stupid? Have you lost every brain in your head? Now here's a man that's in deep mourning. He didn't lose one kid. He lost all ten. All ten of them gone. Everything that he had to provide for himself gone. And now he can't provide for himself anymore. He can virtually get out of the bed. His wife comes in and says, why don't you just curse God and die? Woman, have you lost your mind? Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name. So devil, there you go. Eat your heart out, man. He didn't love me because I blessed him. He loved me because I was God. If you'll stand with me this morning. I want to quote to you that passage again. And I want, it to, I want it to sink in. I want it to resonate with you. Job said, Naked came out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Was that with or without his hedge that he said that? If you study the book of Job, and I'm going out on a limb here, and I need to verify before I'm 100% on this, but I'm going to be pretty close. This was one of Job's greatest acclamations of praise to God that you'll find in the book of Job. And he said it without his hedge. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You don't notice him. The Bible doesn't record his shouting and dancing and running the aisles as long as there's plenty of money in the bank and his health was good and his kids was running around prospering and they were serving Jesus and they would just PTL each other to death all day, every day. They were just having a great time. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. The Bible don't record his attitude and all of his praise outside that he sacrificed on their behalf. But it does say without his hedge that he blessed the Lord. Dying with ten dead kids and everything gone. I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. So, I'm going to ask you today to cooperate and participate.
And I realize this is Father's Day, but this isn't my focus. This is every day. It's not just today, but it's every day. That we need to be sensitive to when we have our hedge and when we don't. And be careful what you say about God either way. We should praise Him at all times. Good or bad, sink or swim. We should praise Him at all times. There's a family here today, and when I begin to illustrate this, they'll immediately know I'm referring to them. I'm not going to call their name for privacy and what have you, but there was a day many years ago. This person has always been eloquent in paying their tithes. I don't care how much money I have or don't have. I'm giving the first fruits to God. This person stood in the center aisle of the Baker Church one Sunday with an empty cupboard at home, a domestic situation that was a nightmare. And with tears streaming down their face, said, Pastor, will I ever enjoy the blessing of paying tithes all of this year, all of these years? And I said, Yes, you will. It's coming. It's coming. I think if I could ask them here today, and they're here in this building. Are you now enjoying that blessing? See, you don't curse God when times are bad. You have to be balanced in your relationship with God, good or bad. I still love Him. So here today, whether you feel like you're living with your hedge or without it, I want to ask you today, do you still love Jesus? Do you still love him? Do you still love him? With or without it. There's another family here today whose world has been shattered. It's fallen apart. Living in a domestic nightmare. But they're here today. This praise team sang a little while ago, worshiping you, here I am. Worshiping you when everything that I thought and dreamed of, it, went all, it all went away in a moment. I lost it all in a moment. Now I have to completely redirect and rethink my future and my destiny. None of that, none of that has taken away my love and appreciation for Jesus. So I'm going to ask for your participation this morning. All of our guests, everybody, if you still love him no matter what, if you still love him no matter how good or bad it is, I want you to lift your hands heavenward and express that adoration and that praise to Him. <laughs>